building on a full and accurate truth concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the scriptures speak. This is the Relentlessly Biblical Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode four. Can you believe that, Christian? Hello, hello, yeah. I'm Alexander Ortiz. And I'm Christian Lopez. There you go. Episode four is going to be about the unforgivable sin. And we're going to get into that in depth a little, in a little bit. And that's a topic that um, falls right in line with one of those uncompromising standards for biblical faith that we talk about in our ministry. It's something that you need to understand. And this is going to be a, have a surprising insight, I think, you'll see when, by the time we're done, into Christ, which is who the Bible speaks about. And it's always wonderful to get into the Word and, and um, discover Him just a little bit more. You know what I mean, Christian? To pick up this book is really to pick Him up and know Him better. Oh, absolutely. That is so true. It's how we know God. It's how we can just commune with Him and just hear what He has to say. And, and why I look forward to picking it up every chance I get. So our text is going to be Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 12. And we're going to be reading from verse 22 through 32. So get your Bible out, people. Get that scripture out, Matthew 12, verses 22 through 32. And while you guys are doing that, just want to give you a little simple PSA. Um, we have made an update to our ministry website page. And um, it's a very simple one, really. We have a page on our ministry uh, page. It's Core Truth Ministries. But if you type in relentlesslybiblical.com, it takes you to our podcast page. And towards the bottom of the page there, I, we've put in a... Um, a place where you can subscribe to our monthly updates. Things like when this episode comes out or any episode comes out, we won't bother you too much with the email because I know I get a lot of email, but it's just one of those things for the people who need to be kind of reminded about the, the, the podcast that's out or any kind of updates that we do or anything like that. It'll keep you connected to ourselves. So if you want to hit that website and enter your email and subscribe to our monthly news updates and by all means i mean you know any feedback you can give us it'd be appreciated as well too and of course from that page you jump into our audio homepage where you'll find all our audio uh, where it says listen now and you can just see all our episodes and dude it's awesome i can't I mean, this is four that we've done so far. It doesn't yeah. seem like much in the big scheme of things yeah. because there's a lot of podcasts out there doing a lot more stuff than, but it's been an experience. I yes. mean, what do you say? I mean, to me, it's been accomplishing some goals in my life because, um, and I want to share this with you guys because this has been important for me and I'm kind of hoping it's important for you guys. And I think it is as well too. But one of the things that has been lacking in my life, in, in especially coming off these last two episodes, Christian, we've been talking about sharing the gospel and and and, and uh, the gospel and how to share it. Those mm -hmm. episodes gave us some great feedback and I got some great feedback from people on that. But one of the things that, that frustrated me in my life when you're talking to people is that you contact people, you talk to them about the Lord and, and you tell them to read your Bible, you give them a track, you give them some kind of material and you kind of let them go. Yeah. And I've always said over the years, I wish I had something I can send them to. I've even thought about putting together like a website with some resources. And this podcast has fulfilled that for me. You don't know how many people we have shared this with. Mm. We made a trip out to the Midwest, my wife and I, and we were out in Kentucky, Ohio, um, Indiana, 
And um, we ran into a lot of folks. And let me tell you, shout out to everyone in Ohio. We got people listening out there. Ohio. (laughs) And, you know, it's been because we've been contacting folks, talking about the Lord and saying, you know what? Tune into our, here's our podcast and listen to it and tune into that. And what a great way to connect. I hope you guys are doing that. I hope everyone out, out there, Christian, is doing that too. Because it really is a wonderful gift to be able to share the Lord with somebody Amen. and have some place to send people to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one thing I can promise you, and Christian I know is on board with this one, is whenever we share scripture, we're always going to share the scripture. You know, what God said, we're going to put it in, out in front of you. But what God says, it's always about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. It always comes back to Him and it always comes back to the gospel. Right. So I know I'm thrilled to have the podcast, to have four episodes out there, well, three, and this one's going to be our fourth, that we can kind of share with people. It's been dynamite. What oh, say no. you? I mean, honestly, it's been a blessing for me too as well, just for the, to be able to just be in the word and be accountable to be in the word. I think that's definitely been pushing me as well to uh, stay faithful to God's word and to be in that um, because it is the only way that I can uh, grow spiritually and uh, honestly lead my family as well. Yeah. So just that and as well, when we talk, when I share the gospel with people, I now have something to point them to. I actually pointed it to a friend of mine that I met at a coffee shop and we were talking about the gospel and I shared the gospel a little bit with him and um, I pointed him to scripture to our to our podcast which enforces the view of scripture because like we've said in the previous podcast how that's changed my life immensely just by reading matthew 5 4 um so i just hope that for everyone out there it's changing your life um the word of god and that you may pass that on to others so that it may change other people's lives. Agreed. Agreed. Said very well. And it is the Word of God that changes lives. All we're doing is doing our best to keep the conversation going, keep people focused on the Scripture. Right, right. And in a time when people are getting away from truth, we want to be in, we want to be in it. We want to be in the truth that God has put for us here straight from his mouth to our ears. So I hope that you guys are enjoying the podcast and shout out to everyone out there who's been listening throughout the United States. I mean, we've been hitting people in Russia, uh, the Caribbean, a few other countries, Canada. So shout out to all you guys who are out there listening. Thank you. And stick with us. And and we're really excited about doing this for you. And hopefully you're leveraging it the way that uh, Christian and I just talked about to share it. Yes. Share it with others. That's important. So we're going to get into Matthew. And Matthew 12, from verses 22 to 32, towards the end of those, we'll get into it in a second, but it's a very important place in Scripture because Jesus talks about a sin that is not forgiven. And before I go there, uh, like we talked about before we even started uh, putting this broadcast together and, and this podcast together, I want to cement in your mind some foundational truth, okay? When we talk about an unforgivable sin, we're not talking about an unforgivable God. Amen. Amen. The character of God is to forgive. Yes. Okay. I don't want anyone to lose track of that when we're talking about that. This is one specific, and we'll share context with you. This is one specific text in the scripture we're going to disseminate and exposit for you guys. But let's not lose sight of the fact that, you know, one of the questions that I get all the time when people who don't believe in God, you know, what kind of a God lets things happen in the world the way that they do? And, you know, 
in these trying times and in the things that we go to in our life, dealing with our own sin and dealing with a sinful society, you know, we see God working in our lives and we see him working in the world and we see along with those works that he does, his character. And one of those character uh, characters that he has is he is a forgiving God. Amen. How would you know how forgiving God is if you didn't stumble every now and then? That he's there to embrace you, that he's there to accept you. Um, I just look at Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 9. It says, The Lord our God, to the Lord our God belongs compassion and forgiveness. And along with that, in Jeremiah 31, 34, I will put my law in their hearts, and I love this one, and I will put their law in my hearts, I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Mm. So that doesn't sound like a God that holds grudge. That doesn't sound like a God that's not forgiving. When you stumble, and we do, you all do. Always. (laughs) You Uh, do, Christian, I do. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is a God that forgives. To you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding and steadfast, love to all who call upon you. Where are you? Who told you that you were naked? Well, I just went into a little bit of Genesis there, but God is a forgiving God. And let me straighten out that scripture. And the reason I bring up Genesis is this goes back to a conversation you and I had a few weeks ago. Something stirred in my mind. I thought back about the fall and how man fell into sin and this whole issue of, you know, what kind of a forgiving God will send Adam and Eve out of the garden and just cast them out? You know, and when you really read that scripture, that account in Genesis from verses nine through 13, you know, you know, when he says, where are you? When he's looking for them after they've eaten from the tree of knowledge and they, and they weren't supposed to, God forbid them. He's looking for them and he says, who told you that you were naked? What is it that you have done? If you remember reading that account, here's God. And I said to myself, here's God looking for Adam and Eve. They're hiding. They're fearing God. They're feeling themselves naked. And he's like, where are you? We know that God knows where they're at. You can see him in his mind without even looking at him, right? Who told you that you were naked? And what is it that you have done? And the reason I bring up that scripture, because I don't think it's common when people look at that that account in Genesis of how God for the moment is saying, you know what? This is your time to fess up. This is your time to confess. This is your time to tell me what have you done? And I always wonder now, what would have happened if Adam, instead of blaming Eve and blaming God, would have come out and said, you know what, Lord, I did this, I did that, and I'm sorry. I mean, would have went in a different direction? It probably would have. It probably would have. Because you, you're right. God is a forgiving God. So he wouldn't be like, well, but who did who did Adam point the blame to? Yeah. The woman that you gave me, Lord. Yeah. Not like, Lord, I steered my spouse wrong i steered my wife wrong forgive me it would have looked way different yeah this is you're absolutely right this is a deeper discussion but i wanted to throw that out there because i thought it was so important for everyone to have that perspective that he's not just forgiving in daniel jeremiah and, and some of the other scriptures you can find throughout the bible that talks about how god is forgiving he's been like that from the beginning I mean, look at to Moses. To Moses, he says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This is God speaking, by yeah. the way, to Moses. 
and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children and the third and the fourth generation. Yeah, yeah. So God is awesome that way. And I don't want anyone to lose sight of that when we talk about God being unforgiving. And we'll tear into that text, but I kind of stumbled into it going into it. So eager to share that because what a perspective. From the very beginning that man fell into sin, he was there saying, what have you done? Where are you? Mm -hmm. There was the opportunity for them to come clean and God would have forgave them. Because we know that. would have it was his cat it's his character to forgive yep yep what a different world it would have been but i mean that's that's another podcast altogether look taking a fresh look at the fall i mean and if it wasn't his character to forgive he wouldn't have thought of christ before the foundation of the world to send him to forgive us of all of our sins so even think about that. And if they, well, think about this. This will cook your noodle a little bit longer and we'll drop it here because we'll have to do another podcast on something else. But I mean, what if they would have fessed up and yeah. God would have forgave them? I mean, what would the Garden of Eden turned Ooh, into? What, yeah. what would that have progressed to? And and the knowledge, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I mean, it's, it's obviously a good thing if God created it, but what purpose would have served it's interesting to dig into that it is it's like a whole different direction you know you watch science fiction movies where they take timelines and break them and you got like a whole different reality i think that would have been like a fork on the road right there you can either go this way or go that way yeah but the most important thing to walk away from here is like i said is to know that at that moment he's calling out to man and saying what have you done yeah. And opening up his heart and saying, tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. Confess to what you've done. And he's doing that now and always will and mm-hmm. always will. So let's dig into Matthew chapter 12 and let's go through verse 22 through 32. And I'll read that to the end and then we'll just dig into it from there. All right. So then a demon possessed man. This is verse 22. A demon possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw And all the crowds were astounded and were saying, can this man really be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, this man does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And knowing their thoughts, he said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste. And any city or house divided against itself will not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. Mm. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom has come upon you. Mm. Or how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his property unless first he binds a strong man and then he will plunder his house? Verse 30. He who is not with me, and he, excuse me, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people. But the blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven to him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Mm. And those last one, that last verse right there, I mean, you know, there's something that God will not forgive. Yep. And it's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So let's go down this little by little and let's just kind of exposit this a little bit. Now, let's put a little context around this. Now, at this point in Matthew, 
crisis in his ministry, and he's done massive healings. And when I'm talking about massive healing, I mean, if you really read the account of Christ and you understand the scope of his ministry, I mean, sick people were getting healed everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in Mark chapter 3, it talks about that he was even sending out the 12 apostles to preach and cast out demons. So it wasn't just him yeah. that was out there just doing amazing things which they talk about here. He's casting out demons by the Beelzebub being the power of the devil. So, I mean, he's healing all over the place. He's denouncing cities that he's been to, okay, in Matthew, just before this text that we read, where, you know, woe to Corazon, woe to all these different towns that have seen him do all these wonderful things and they still reject him. Yeah. And he goes on to say it would have been, um, if Sodom and Gomorrah would have seen these things, they would have repented. It's going to be worse for you because you've seen it and you don't believe it. Right. I mean, this is where he is at at his ministry and he's demonstrated, according to Luke chapter 7, that by this point in his ministry, he's demonstrated that he also has the authority to forgive, forgive sin. You know, he's gone through every city preaching, uh, every village, preaching about the kingdom of God, casting out demons and healing. Now, this particular, um, in Mark 3, there's one of the um, ones that kind of sticks in my mind. Mark Mark 3 from verse 1 through 6, we don't have to go there, but I'm just kind of referring to it because he defies the Jews. And it says in that text that he was angered and grieved because they were trying to get him to heal on the Sabbath. And when he healed the man's withered hand on the Sabbath, which is what we're talking about, what he's doing here is something that they attacked. When he did it to that man and he healed his hand, he was angered at what they were doing. He was angered at the fact that they weren't believing him and they were trying to trap him into right. this, you can't do this on the Sabbath, you know? And this this is a point in, in Jesus's ministry where he's openly defiant to these guys. Yeah. He's going, you want me to heal him? I want to heal him. What's better to, to, to keep the Sabbath or heal a guy on the Sabbath? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, he was he was pushing back at this point. And that's where we are in this text, right? And in this particular reading of Matthew, this demon-possessed man was blind and mute, and they brought him to Jesus, and he healed him. The man spoke, and the crowds were astounded. Now, that's important because that's not lost on the enemies of Christ, that people are gathering around him, and they're being astounded, okay? And this is a key phrase here in, in, in verse 23. It says, and all the crowds were astounded and were saying, can this man really Mm. be the son of David? Right. right. Now, if you understand the promise that God made to David, that there'll always be someone in his line on that throne, okay? You would understand that what they're saying by this is saying, is this the Messiah? Because they know that the Messiah is coming from the line of David. Right. So, you know, the crowds are being amazed. They're seeing this and they're saying, could this be him? But when the Pharisees heard this, verse 24, this man does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, but he does it by the ruler of demons. They make an accusation and an ugly one too. An ugly one. They tell him the reason that this guy is doing this stuff, because they're seeing everybody like being astounded and wow, could this guy be him? Could he be the Messiah? And what's the first thing that they, they do? Ah, he's doing it by the right. power of they the devil. They shoot it down. They shoot it down. I and I know you can just read. I mean, going back to what you said about the Sabbath, right in the beginning of uh, of of chapter twelve, uh, uh, verse nine. 
I mean, even Jesus comes back and tells them, verse 12, how much more valuable than, well, no, go back to 11. And he said to them, what man is there among you who has a sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. Verse 12, how much more valuable than is a man than a sheep? So then is it lawful to do good? So then it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So Jesus is like, this is a man who is who is valuable, who has, you know, dignity and worth. And I'm healing his hand. How is that evil of me to do on the Sabbath? I'm doing good. And to expound on what I said before and to echo what you're saying, brother, okay, on, on Mark 3, I actually went to that scripture and read it correctly here, but Mark 3, verse 1, and he entered again into the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand and they were watching him to see if he would heal them. So they're like watching him. <laughs> Let's see if this dude will heal somebody on the Sabbath again. I mean, they're 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 looking for him. They're 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 gunning for him. Right. And, and the scripture's pretty open about that. They were they were looking to kill him. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. read that in the text in many places, and it yep. goes on in verse two. And they were watching him to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, get up and come forward. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good or harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or kill? And they were silent. So this is the kind of confrontation right, that Christ was engaging with, especially here, especially with the topic that we're talking about. Because, I mean, he's pushing back hard, Christ. And he's, you're going to see, he's pushing back real hard. But this is where they were. The enemies of Christ were, were like provoking him, okay, to the point where they're saying he's doing it by the power of the devil, which is ridiculous. And verse 25, Christ's evidence of his deity, what does it say? And knowing their thoughts. He said to them, a kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste, and any city or house divided against itself will stand. Knowing their thoughts, again, demonstrating he that he is God. He knows. This is what they're accusing him of. Not only that, but he's coming back and saying, I know what you're thinking. And then he goes on from there to knock down this just ridiculous argument. And, and really what Christ does from this point forward, from verse 25 forward, he just tears apart their accusation and so <laughs> shows them for how ridiculous it is. And, and, and it's very straightforward. How can a kingdom divided against us, itself stand? I mean, if he is doing things for the devil with the right, power of the devil, right. what sense does that make? It makes zero sense. I mean, honestly, the more and more that I read this, uh, Alex, the more and more I saw the stupidity of what they were saying to Jesus. It, it was like, it's almost like you're like, how can you say that? Like, how can you say this man is doing it by the power of Beelzebub and Jesus is just confronting them back like, your argument makes no sense. And to kind of shed light on the, the I mean, because you said he knew knowing their thoughts. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus knew their thoughts and Jesus could perceive their thoughts just God. from a mile away he because God. he is God. Mm -hmm. If you actually read um, 
Back in John, when the leaders were plotting to kill uh, Jesus um, and the chief priests were together with the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, um, they were saying, like, what are we doing for this man is doing many signs? If we let him go on like this, all will believe in him and the Romans, here it is, will come and take away both our place and our nation. So for fear of the Romans taking away their possessions and their privileges, they would not confess that, in fact, this man was the son of God. They knew he was, but they wouldn't admit it because if they did, their possession, they would be ruled. We're going to open that up a little bit more in a little bit, too. But yeah, that's that's their motivation. I mean, they're thinking about themselves. Yes. You you know what's interesting about that? Because you look at the crowds, they're 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 like astounded. Right, right. And they're sitting there like, is he the Messiah? Is he the son of David? You know, and, and instead of being in that mindset and being amazed and saying, wow, look at this power, this like we talked about with Nicodemus, I, no one can do the things that you do. Right, right. OK, unless God is with them. I mean, we saw that in John three. I mean, they don't take that tact at all. It's all about them. Yes. What are they going to lose? In yes. This? And isn't that so typical? And isn't that what we've been talking about when yep. you share the gospel with people? They think about right away. What do I have, I have to, to give, give up? up? It's so true. It's so true. There's a there, there's a giving up of self that you have to give up. And honestly, in this day and age where everything is about self-help, it's about bettering you. It's about, you know, you, you, you. How can you lift your own all this crazy woohoo stuff? And Jesus is telling us to deny ourselves. Jesus is telling us to to take up our cross and walk with him. Mm-hmm. So if 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 we're not doing that and the world is telling us the opposite of that, who's right? The word of God or the world? Mm hmm. I mean, God, Jesus says, I mean, you have to hate your mother and your father to 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 follow me. I mean, that's very that's very harsh. But the truth of the matter is, are you willing to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your mind, your soul and your strength? You know, walking in Christ is is interesting. And this is a conversation I have a lot with my family. My wife and I get into this a lot, too, you know, Um Christ is in your face about a lot of things. I mean, he is like straight to the point. I mean, the way he's tearing apart this argument and showing them just how ridiculous this accusation is. Yeah. Because if Satan is casting out Satan, then what sense does that make? What kind of a kingdom is he going to build for himself? Nothing. If he's kind of, it's almost like that accounting term we use. It's a wash. Yeah. You gain some money here, but you lose the same money here. You did nothing. Yeah. What did you accomplish? It was a wash. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and. He he's tearing them apart and he's tearing into them. And sometimes Christ is like that. You know, Christ is not this guy walking around with a halo above his head, being friendly to everybody. We know he's love. And but but you got to be you've got like you said it. Well, we see it later. He says, Whoever's against me is not with me, and you either gather to me or you scatter in verse 30. I mean, that's that's straightforward right there. You're either with me or you're not. Yeah. What's up? What's going on here? Right, right. You know, so he's pretty much in your face when it comes to the truth. And sometimes it can come out harsh. And honestly, these Pharisees, for the sake of being wise in their own wisdom and just stubborn and just not wanting to accept that Jesus was the son of God, they became fools. They became unwise. And it's just sad. Where where does that uh, foolhardy (laughs) attitude come from? (laughs) Where does that come from? It comes from a uh, 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 really not 
what we talk about being yeah, yeah. relentlessly biblical you yeah. know what i'm saying if you can't make sense of something you go to the word of yeah. god yeah. i mean they should have been recognizing a lot of what he's doing because mm-hmm. it was prophesied mm-hmm. as 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 jesus was through his ministry going throughout the land doing what he was doing it should have become evident right it was to these people when they saw that this guy who was blind and mute was brought to jesus and he healed them and he spoke and saw, I was playing to those people when he saw, well, this guy, this is crazy. This is like, is he, is he him, him, you know? I right. mean, they, they needed to see this. But when you're ignoring the Bible in your life, guess what? You're not going to resolve things in your no. life. You're going to do stupid things like this to try to reason this out. Wow, he's doing that because the devil's in him. And, right. And we'll see later that that's a huge mistake. Yeah. It's a huge mistake because they're not just attacking him. They're okay? attacking though. They're, they're attacking the Holy Spirit. And when you're attacking the Holy Spirit, you're attacking the one who sent him. And that's important. We're going to explode yeah, that one out yeah, later. But I, I have mean, some good stuff about that it's as re- well. It's really sad, though, that they're doing that because they're really shooting themselves in the foot. They really are. So Satan cannot cast out Satan. And, he's, and Jesus is saying this, okay? Just how candid he is. How can Satan cast out Satan? Verse 26. Right. He is divided against himself. How will his kingdom stand? And 27, and if I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? I mean, there was people in that time that were true to the faith, that were in in, in the Jewish faith, casting out demons. I mean, it's it's very similar to what we know in our modern society, people doing exorcisms. I mean, there was people that were empowered by God that way to do that kind of thing, so much so that he turns around and says, then how, by what power are they casting out demons? Right, right. If you believe that those under you are doing this in your land, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. The devil. Then how are they doing it? Yeah. By what spirit are they? By doing what it? spirit are they doing it? It's very true. And then he turns around and hits them over the head and said, "Those guys that are doing that, they're going to be the ones to judge you because yeah. obviously they're getting it and you don't." Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that's a, that's something right that he hits them right over the head with as well too, because he says, "For this reason, they will be your judges." Verse twenty-seven. But here's the, here's where it turns. Okay, this is where the conversation turns, and I believe Jesus gets real serious at this point. And this is verse twenty-eight. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come, come upon, upon you. you. Yeah, that's that's a weighty that's a weighty uh, uh, sentence right there. And that's something that everybody needs to like right there at that moment perk up and listen to what the man yeah. has said. Yeah, especially these guys that are turning around and and taking a work of God that he's doing. He's doing the work of God and and attacking it that way and yeah. calling it something else. There's a seriousness upon what Jesus says there when he says that. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's here in front of you and you're not even acknowledging it. What you have been waiting for is in front of you and you're not even acknowledging it. You're seeing all the evidence of the works that Christ was doing, but you're not believing in him. They were they were waiting for the Messiah. They knew who the Messiah was. And if they were just like the Bereans in the Acts, when they were searching the scriptures, when 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 Paul, um, mm-hmm. I believe, was was telling them about the Messiah, about Jesus Christ and how he was within all the scriptures, if they would have just been like that, I think they would have gotten it. But I, I honestly don't think they would have submitted to that only because Christ knew their hearts. And they were holding on to their sin and their possessions rather than giving that up and and following Christ. It's not it's no it's no different than the rich young ruler. It's it's no different. He said, then give up all your possessions and come and follow me. 
But what did the rich young ruler do? He held on to his possessions. He held on to the life that he had instead of giving it up and following Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, this kingdom statement that he does in verse 28, you know, that he says, then the kingdom has come upon you. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, okay, which is turning their argument on its head, that means that the Spirit of God has come upon you. That ties into what the crowds were astounded all about. And the question that they were asking, is this the son of David? Right. Because the son of David is supposed to bring the kingdom. Amen. Okay, so he's turning it back to the crowd and saying, you know, by what power am I? Am I doing it? This is the power that I'm doing. I'm doing it by that power that of the kingdom that I'm bringing. Right, right. Okay, the kingdom is here. It's upon you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's upon you. I mean, it's there and they're seeing it. Okay, and you know, that's what Christ's ministry was, to bring the kingdom. That's what he sent to the apostles to do, to cast out demons and, and preach the gospel. The gospel is really the kingdom. We see Jesus talking about the kingdom is here. Yeah. You know, thy kingdom come, mm -hmm. thy will be done. I mean, that's in the Lord's prayer. I mean, that kingdom it was God making things right. Right. Something that the Messiah was promised to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's turning around and saying, but if I'm doing this by the power of the Spirit of God, then you know what? This ain't the devil. The kingdom of God has come upon you. Yeah, and it's the seriousness to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a seriousness to that. I mean, they had their own ideas of how what the Messiah would come and be like. But most of the times what we think God is doing, God is doing something totally different. And this is what he's trying to tell them, like. I'm coming here humbled. I'm not, I'm not, I'm coming here to save this world, not to condemn it. That's in my, in my second coming. That's when I'll judge right now. I'm here to show you that I'm here. I'm, I'm going to die on the cross. And he tells the, the uh, disciples that three times I'm going to die on the cross. All right. We're going to do a deep dive into some scriptures here. I'm going to take you to John eight. Let's go. And verse 12 through 30. And the reason I'm going to explode this out is because it really is key to understand how Jesus saw himself and he saw himself in ministry. I mean, he is saying here in that verse that we just read, he, he is, the kingdom of God has come upon you, okay? And he's doing things in the spirit of God. So John 8, verse 12, and I'm just going to read and then we'll, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. John 8, verse 12, all the way to 30. Then Jesus again spoke to them. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness about myself, my witness is true. For I know where I come from mm. and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone, but even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone in it, but I and the Father who sent me. Okay, and that's key, okay? Even, if you're, even in your law, it is written that the witness, uh, that the witness of two men is true. Mm. Okay? I am he who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. Mm. And that's key. So they were saying to him, where is your father? This is verse 19. Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury, and as he was teaching in the temple, and no one sees them because his hour had not yet come. Then he said to them, I'm going away, and you will seek me. 
and die in your sin. And where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, (laughs) I'm going to pause right there because that's like one of my favorite scriptures because, I mean, think about that. Here is God in the flesh. And he's saying, I'm going, and you're going to remain in your sin, and you're going to seek me, and I'm not going to be there. That's scary. That's the hell that I always talk about. That's hell, people, to be somewhere where darkness is, and you look for him, and he is not going to be there. Okay? And uh, verse 22, so the Jews were saying, surely he will not kill himself. Again, they're not understanding where he's coming from. Since he says, where am I going? You cannot come. And he was saying to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are from this world. I am not from this world. Therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to them, who are you? And Jesus said to to him, listen to the frustration in this tone. Verse 25. So they were saying to him, who are you? And Jesus said to him, to them, what have I been saying to you from the beginning? Okay. I have many things to say and judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And the things which I heard from him, these I am saying to you, to the world. Okay. Now, why it was so important for me to read that is because Jesus is bringing the kingdom and the message that he's bringing is a message that he's getting directly from the Holy Spirit, directly from the Father in heaven. Amen. Okay. And that ties into what we're teaching here, because when we go further into the scripture we were reading, verse 30, back in Matthew, he who's not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven, people, but the blasphemy against the, blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgive, forgiven. Verse 32, and whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Right. Okay? But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Now, the whole thing with age... When we talk about kingdom, we're talking about ages too, because when the Messiah was supposed to bring the new kingdom, it was supposed to be a new age that he was going to start. Right. So he's saying, you're not going to be forgiven in this age or the one that I'm establishing. Okay. That is, I mean, when we went into John and we read from chapter eight, I mean, it is clear that Jesus all through his ministry, he said it. I've been saying this from the beginning, okay? What I'm saying, I'm getting directly from my father. Right. Okay? So when you blaspheme him, you know what? That's okay. You can say whatever you want about Jesus. You want to call me the, you know, a, a, a doer of deeds of the devil? You want to say I'm a crony of the devil? You know what? That's cool. Okay, but remember, you're not attacking me. Who are you attacking? You're attacking the one who sent me. Right. Because everything I'm saying, I'm getting it directly from him. And that's important. And it's important for us to understand, too. Oh, it's very. Because we covered this when we were talking about sharing the gospel. Remember, you got to take that pressure off yourself because when you share the gospel with somebody, they're, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting the message. And where does that message come from? comes from God. So the rejection really never is a rejection of what you're saying. As a matter of fact, I, I, I propose, just like Christ is doing here, that when we are attacked that way, when we deliver the gospel and we bring the good news of Scripture to people and they attack us and call us names like Jesus is being called here and he's being called a fraud and in league with the devil, you know what? That's cool. You can say whatever you want, but God has said what he had to say, and I told you what he said, and you know what? You're not just, you can call me whatever you want to call me, but 
you're not just rejecting me, you're rejecting him. Because mm-hmm. that's not my message. Right. That's a message I bring to you directly from heaven. Remember, he is not from, from this world. He is from heaven. He is from above. Okay? And that's an important perspective that I keep on hammering to people when it comes to sharing the gospel. Right, right. Everything we talked about in a previous podcast about sharing the gospel. This is Jesus doing exactly what we taught in that, in, in that podcast. Take the weight off yourself. You, you can call me whatever you want, okay? But just remember, you're not, just a, you're not attacking me. That's cool. You can attack me. Right. But you're attacking the, the person who sent me. Right. That's unforgivable. Right. Because he is clearly doing things that are of, of God. If he's casting out demons, healing people, okay? If he's doing all those wonderful things, it's undeniable. And the Jews never denied all the works that he did. I mean, you you can search throughout all the New Testament, through all the Gospels, and you'll never see the Jews ever deny that he did this. I mean, they saw it and yeah. they believed it. Right. They just went ahead and started saying that it was the devil that was doing it, not him. But they never denied the fact that he did it. Yes, they okay? knew he did it. So clearly it's something, like he said, if he's doing it with the Spirit of God, then the kingdom has come. So really they're rejecting God. They're rejecting what God is doing through Christ. Mm. And and in a sense, he's saying, you know, that's cool. You want to reject, reject me and what I'm doing and what I was told to bring to you? Fine. Right. Okay? But that's not going to be forgiven of you because there's only one way to the Father, and that's through me. Okay? And you either got to believe the, the message I'm bringing to you, you've got to believe this kingdom I'm establishing, or it's going to be counted against you. Right. Right. I mean, you know, there's no other way to put that. And, you know, verse 29 is interesting because to me— that kind of puts a hammer on who's in charge too, right? Because when it says on verse 29, or who, or how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds a strong man and then he plunders a house? I mean, that seems like it's a little off there, but fact of the matter is that's Jesus saying, you know what? I know who's in charge of this world. Yeah, the devil's in charge. Right. I get that. That's who you're accusing me to be in, in cahoots with. But fact of the matter is I can go into his house, tie him up and, and sit him down in a corner. And guess what? He's going to do what I tell him to do because I'm in charge. Right, right, right. He may be running the system of the world here, okay? But guess what? I'm the guy who can bring that strong man down. And no one can do that. Only God can do that. Who can tie up the devil and put him in a corner and make him powerless? Not only that, give him authority authority to do what he did. Like, like a Job. Like he had to ask permission. The devil had to ask permission from God to do what he did to Job. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy can't do anything without the permission of God. And so the fact of the matter is, Jesus is like, well, I could also bind him up and tie him up. And guess what? I'm also going to give him permission to use you guys to crucify my son. It's another nail in that argument that he's doing things with the power of the devil. Really? How am I going to do things in the power of the devil when I can tie him up whatever I want and just put him out of the way and do what I need to do? Right, 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 right. Okay, who's in charge here? Right. Okay, it's only one person who has that authority. So that's just him saying, you know what? Your argument's ridiculous, okay? Because I can come in and can you guys tie him up, put this strong man in his own house and put him in check? No one can. I mean, if if man was able to do that, we wouldn't have the issues that we're having today. Right. Tie the devil up and put him away so he doesn't do his shenanigans in the world. I mean, who can do that? Only God can do that. As a matter of fact, when we look into Revelation, that's exactly what happens. Yep. The devil, when he when Jesus comes back to establish his earthly kingdom for that millennium, you know what? The devil gets tied up. Yeah. And he gets cast away and he does not he's not doing his evil. 
But guess what? Men still find a way to raise an army against God and go fight against Jesus and Armageddon. I mean, so sin is still going to do its thing. It is. Okay, but who has that authority? And that, verse 29 to me hammered that home. Yeah. Your argument is stupid. How can it be the devil when I'm just overpowering him at this point? Right. I mean, you could even see, like, I mean, we, oh, you and I always reference Romans 1, that uh, debased mind. I mean, you can clearly see that because they didn't want to admit that Jesus was the Son of God for fear that the Romans would take away their position, they ended up concluding that he wasn't lying and saying that he wasn't the Son of God, even though I they, they knew in their hearts that maybe this guy could be the Son of God. And so by them being so stubborn and going against what Jesus was showing and proving and, and, and showing to them by what he was doing, healing a man on the Sabbath. And I, I mean, there's plenty of other miracles that, that Jesus uh, does, including the one here in this passage in verse 22 um, with a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And isn't that what the world does today? I mean, they, 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 they see the evidence that Jesus was, in fact, real. You can go back to historical records. There's records outside of uh, the Bible that conclude that Jesus was, in fact, real. And so people will deny. I mean, I had a, I had a friend that I shared the gospel with, love him dearly. And this is the type of stuff that people think towards Christ. Whatever you think about Christ is what you think about the Father. And so his idea of Jesus, when I brought him up, was was, well, this Jesus that you believe in, he's like Harry Potter to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like, how do you draw that conclusion? Why? Because you think this book is a fairy tale? You think this book is fake? Mm -hmm. I mean, this book is real. It has historical, historical evidence within it. But most importantly, Jesus is at the center of all of it. And it's prophesied before Jesus even came. Yeah. So, you know, you have these Pharisees who were able to finally see God in the flesh, see Jesus Christ in front of them, and they still denied. So it's not really by, you know, by his works can 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 prove him to be real, but it really is a work of the Holy Spirit to change someone's mind like that. And you know what? Um, the work of the Holy Spirit should have been something that was clear to them. The same way that they're questioning his authority by how he does, he, he's doing these things, casting out demons and wrongly accusing him to doing it by the authority of the devil. I mean, the devil does what he does. And I mean, he binds people in sin. Yeah. He possesses people. I mean, this is what that man was going through. To me, it's like... It's just a, a, an indication of the kind of bondage that you're in when you're in sin anyway. Yeah. Right? You can't speak. You can't see. I mean, it, it, the authority that the devil has is to seek and to destroy. Yeah. Okay? It was the wrong authority to turn on Jesus and say, this is how you're doing stuff. Really? Really? The same authority that the, that the devil uses to bind people and to subjugate them and make them slaves to sin? That's what you're accusing me of? When I can take him and turn him on his nose. Not only that, do good on the Sabbath by healing a man. Like, and doing on. the opposite. Yeah, it's, well, throughout all these verses, you can, he just tears up their argument and just shows it for how ridiculous their yeah. accusation is. And it's ignorant. It's, it's really, they should know better because they're leaders in right. Israel. It's right. not like your friend who says, you know, he's Harry Potter to me. I mean, you know, that's a person who's ignorant of the scriptures. These guys are supposed to know the scriptures and recognize when the kingdom of God is upon them and recognize that this is the son of David coming.
Well, to add to that story, as a matter of fact, he's actually Jewish. That's the, that's the even and the, the the wild part is the minute I mentioned Christ, it was like, no, no, this Jesus Christ that you speak of is not real. Yeah, been there, done that, dude. So it's kind of like, oh man, like well, because he for a Jew to believe in Yeshua, the Messiah, the Mashiach, which mm-hmm. is Jesus, the Messiah. Dude, their whole religious system has to yep. go out the window. Just like we talked about with Nicodemus. I mean, Nicodemus was like, hey, you know, the way that you're doing stuff, you ain't going to go to heaven that way. Right. You got to be born again. I mean, the same shock that he went through is the shock that any Jew you talk to and say, look, yeah. it's about Jesus. They got to throw the whole religious system out the out the window. And the problem with that is their belief is just in God the Father. I mean, you have to have faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation to even happen. You can't, it's not just about believing in God the Father, which yes, God the Father is there, but the reason he sent his son is to forgive the sins of man. So um, we stopped at what, 29 here? Verse 29? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, just to kind of recap is, I mean, it, it kind of ties in. I'm kind of glad that we're doing this in this episode because it really ties up what we've been talking about in previous episodes pretty good. Okay. When you bring the message of truth, when you bring the message of salvation and Jesus Christ, you're bringing a message that you're getting from God himself, from the Holy Spirit, actually, just like Jesus is. Isn't that amazing? How Jesus, to to me, I mean, he always winds up the the example to follow, right? He is the example to follow. Um, He's empowered by the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm not casting out demons when I step out into the street and stuff like that. But you know what? In a way, I can. Because if I can tell someone that Christ has died for their sins and they can accept that truth, okay, that can change their lives and that can heal them in many ways. It definitely will heal them for all eternity. It will it will keep them from going to hell in their sin. It'll keep them like I just read in John. You're going to die in your sin and you're going to look for me and you're not going to find me because mm. you're not going where I'm going. Okay, so there is a healing that we bring to people. We heal their souls. We 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 introduce them to the Father. Yeah, and for yeah. the Father draws all men to His Son, and in Christ there's salvation. But to be rejected, we're no different than Christ here. Yeah. We're 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 accused of of being you know narrow minded, we're accused of 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 being you know um, intolerant. We're accused of many things, and that should not be alien to us. We should embrace those things if it happened to the Savior. And he's going to be accused of doing the things that he does by whatever power it is. In our case, it could be, you know, for whatever our own, you know, intentions are. We should take that in stride and say, you know what? They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting the truth I bring. They're rejecting what the Holy Spirit has put in my heart to share with you. Okay, so as I was studying this here, um, I kind of wanted to go a little bit back to the basics as far as like, what is the Holy Spirit? Um, I mean, because Jesus makes a, uh, a profound statement here where he says, but the blasphemy against the spirit shall not be forgiven. Go ahead, brother. I mean, what is the Holy Spirit? Okay, we know that it is a person of the Godhead, the Trinity. Um, Jesus also talks about the Holy Spirit being a helper, a guide, a teacher. This is the spirit that descended and rested upon Jesus to empower him and officially start the ministry of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit plays a vital point, uh, a part actually, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And so 
what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? So I had to ask myself that question. Okay, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? What The Holy Spirit, we already know who he is. Now, what is his purpose? Well, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bear witness about Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to build up the church. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to testify about Christ. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit imparts the love of God, imparts hope, teaches believers, dwells with, and in believers. And when we were talking about that in uh, our, our last episode um, with the uh, How to Share the Gospel, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that transforms the lives of people, that that, that brings them from death to life it's putting their faith and trust and the only way that you can understand and my favorite part about the purpose of the holy spirit is that it testifies about christ that is the purpose of the holy spirit so when you blaspheme against the holy spirit you are removing the agent that testifies about christ so when these pharisees were contributing the work of the holy spirit to bel um the ruler of demons they were literally witnessing against the spirit of God and contributing him to the work of the devil. I mean, John in John, Jesus says it, but when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. Listen, the, the father, okay. sends the spirit, the Father gives permission for the, the Spirit. The Spirit of God, I mean, the Holy, excuse me, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and Christ sends the Spirit to the believers. This is an important to note because who is the one that saves us from the wrath of God and the eternal separation from God? It's Jesus. Yeah. And the only way that you can understand Jesus and have faith and trust and hope in Christ is with the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. Yeah. It's it could because a natural mind cannot comprehend the truth about Christ because it cannot receive the Holy Spirit. So even the spirit of truth, this is in John 14, 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you know him. Yeah. For he dwells with you and will be with you. That's why for a believer, it's kind of, for me, it was kind of hard having that conversation with that friend of mine who was saying that Jesus is like Harry Potter to him. And yeah. I'm like, how can that be? To me, it's foolishness because the Holy Spirit dwells in me and the Holy Spirit is the only one that has been able to testify about Christ to me. Yeah, I'm going to read a piece of scripture here and we're going to move on to talk more about the Spirit. Yes. So I'm going to read this and we'll take a quick break and then we'll dig into that because I want to definitely munch on that for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, it's Because <laughs> you're going so exactly important. where my head was yeah, at too. Because the, the, the Spirit needs to be talked about. And I'm right now looking at uh, John chapter 3 and I'm going to read from verse 31 all the way to 36 and then we'll take a quick break. But this is where John the Baptist is, people are coming to him because Jesus' ministry is growing at this point. He's... He's, he's out there baptizing with his disciples, and, and they're coming to John, and they're asking him, you know, what's going on? I mean, this guy's out there and beyond the Jordan, this guy that you bore witness about, and he's baptizing, and everyone's going to him. we got to remember, John the Baptist up to this point had a huge ministry. Yeah, yeah. And look at his answer. He says in verse 31 of chapter 3 of John, uh, let me start at 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. 
Mm. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard, of that he bears witness, and no one receives his witness. He who has received his witness has set his seal to this, that God is true. Mm. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand, and he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Mm. And this is where this whole unforgivable sin comes to. I mean, you know, if you see, if Christ, if you're given the message of Christ, Okay, the gospel comes to you and you reject it. This is exactly what John is talking about. Your sins remain on you. Okay, you're a truth that God has has presented you in your life. You're pushing it away. Yeah. Okay, you're not pushing away the Savior. You're pushing away what God has done through his son, through his spirit. It's it's a blasphemy against the Holy Spirit to reject that which God has been doing through his son. Yeah which is to provide for us a a forgiveness of sins by what he was doing and where he was going. Right, right. So let's leave it there and let's take a quick break (laughs) and then we'll pick it up from there. Sounds good. We'll be right back. We are privileged and excited that you joined us today. Please remember to visit our episode notes. They contain links to scripture, any information we reference during the show, and a link to join our mailing list to receive the latest show news and updates. If you want to send us your questions, provide feedback, or submit an idea for a future episode, we want to hear from you. Just use the Join the Conversation link provided to contact us. Want to get to know us better? Then we encourage you to use the Core Truth Media link provided in our episode notes to visit our coretruthmedia.org homepage. You can connect with us via social networks from that page and explore the diverse range of podcasts and high-quality content our ministry offers to those seeking to deepen their understanding of the Bible and grow in their faith. Finally, we invite you to help us communicate God's truth throughout the globe. Anyone can listen to the show for free everywhere podcasts are available. Click the listen and follow link in our episode notes and share it with your friends and family. You'll be glad you did. We appreciate your support. Now let's get back to our show. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm going to toss it right back to you. (laughs) I know you're eager and biting at the bit to get into the Holy Spirit. So why don't you just close out that Matthew for us? Yeah. Okay, so... um. So the Spirit of God, and why is the Spirit of God important? So in First, in, in first Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about the Spirit of God is the only one who can search the depths of God. So without the Spirit, there is no understanding God, His Word, or Christ. That's why the, the Holy Spirit is, is uh, super important. You cannot know God without the Spirit of God dwelling in you. You might have have an intellectual idea of who God is or or know of Jesus, but without the Holy Spirit, you cannot have that faith ignited in and, you. and let me interrupt you Go for ahead. a second just Go to ahead. put it into context. And that's exactly what's happening here, right? They're not just going against Jesus, right. which is all right. He's saying, you can do that. Sure, sure. But this is who you're really going after. It's a spirit. Yeah. So to have the Holy Spirit is to be able to grasp the wisdom and the knowledge of the almighty God Amen. that brings about obedience 
to submit to him in every aspect of our lives. That's the only reason why Christians can submit to God is because the, the Holy Spirit empowers us to to submit to him, to submit to his word and what he says there. So without the Holy Spirit, the wisdom we are left with is that of a debased mind, worldly wisdom. And we know that that wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. First Corinthians talks about that. Um, and Paul talks about that uh, with the wisdom when when, we, when he talks about, you know, sharing Christ. Um, so we see this with Phar- the Pharisees in Matthew 12. The crowd saw that Jesus, and you mentioned it, that this, this Jesus was healing these people and the question that they posed like you said was can this man really be the son of david and so we talked about earlier them having selfish reasons on why um and they honestly gave the dumbest reply that you could ever give when you physically saw jesus doing that like i can understand nowadays like when you're sharing jesus where people are like you know giving you a dumb answer of why you even believe in jesus or that jesus is, is fake but the fact of the matter is jesus was right in front of them and doing these things so the holy spirit is 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 super uh super important they literally gave the holy spirit the name of satan the prince of evil yeah, spirits. that's pretty yeah. that's pretty you have to honestly like w- when you think about when you really that's rough think, right right and that's where i was when i was studying this that's where i was i was like wow that is i mean you're, they're really driving the nail on the coffin at this point and they're saying they're sealing that's it. Like they are far from being yeah, saved. Yeah, and that grieved the Lord. It did. That kind of stuff grieved them. Of course it did. Of course. I mean, I mean, it grieves me when I hear people say like stuff against Christ or stuff against like this stuff is not real because I'm like, guys, you're missing it. You're yeah. missing it. And the only reason we understand this, and honestly, this is where as as Christians, as Christ followers, we do have to be compassionate towards um, those who are lost mm-hmm, because of the fact of the matter is that, you know, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Spirit of God who um, who who testifies about Christ, and and this is where you have to be humbled, and you have to share it without judging, but bringing them to a knowledge of their sins so that the Holy Spirit can can truly work. And Therefore, so, for the grace of God, go I, right, right. That was us at one point. Amen. You're right. At one point, we were just as them. But the fact of the matter is God in His grace and His mercy saved us, and so this name Beelzebul is is uh is it means lord of the house or god of dung and so it was really given as a scornful uh name bringing disgrace in an abusive way as the name of satan so take that into perspective the lord when, of the flies <laughs> when they're when they're telling that to the holy spirit take that into perspective because when you go really into the roots of uh of of this name um beelzebul and where it came from i mean it's a heathen deity it's it's uh the Phil, the philistine god of flies i mean this was like a, a nasty name for the name of the devil and they knew that they knew what this name meant and they were contributing that to the holy spirit so they weren't speaking about jesus but speaking against the spirit jesus had and was empowered by and this is what was so dangerous because who was the spirit given by well let me interrupt you there for a second because i think we got to make a distinction so Go ahead. you know it's one thing Christian, to witness and share the gospel with somebody, share the word with someone, and they're ignorant about it. Right, right. Okay? These guys were not ignorant. Exactly. Okay? They they were just blatant me, blatant disobedient, and just rejecting it, just, you know, we're rejecting this. Yeah. Not only are we going to reject it, we're going to attack it. Right, right, Okay? So this is not someone who's just ignorant to truth. It's it's like like Saul, who was 
who turned into Paul. He was he was ignorant to the fact of who Christ was, and so when when Jesus actually presented what he do, he repented. you mean slammed his face into the dirt? Oh yeah, he <laughs> repented. I mean that's you're you're absolutely that's right. What, that's what it took. This is not an ingr- this unforgivable uh, uh, sin is not an ignorant type of sin. It's oh, it's the sin of knowing, being enlightened, like the Pharisees seeing the proof that this. This Christ was the Son of Man and still contributing his work to Satan. This and is it, where it is a blasphemy and they're breaking their own law. You should not blaspheme the name of God and they're right. doing it right to his face. Oh my gosh. How how huge is that, dude? Oh, dude to blaspheme the Lord right to his face. Yeah. So we know that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the uh the father of lights so for the pharisees to say this they were contributing the gift of god to the son gift of god the father to the son as evil they were attributing it yeah and attributing it to Mm -hmm. that and to say that is to also say that the same spirit jesus had that now dwells in believers is evil okay so jesus even says it himself he says therefore i say to you any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people so that's forgiven you we can he can forgive that okay even even if you jump down to verse 32 and whoever speaks a word against the son of man it shall be forgiven yeah those two things they're forgiven and And that's rough enough right Mm -hmm. it is and it's right it still is rough but it still is forgivable yeah but it's it's when we go back to the idea of who who is the holy spirit and what does he do when you're 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 literally taking the key to understanding who christ is the key that puts our faith and our hope and and gives us that faith and that trust in christ and you're taking that and you're throwing it all the way across the sea into the depths of the sea nowhere to be found ever again yeah and so you're taking that one thing that enlightens the truth about who christ is and you're and, you're and, and rejecting it. it outright out outright. And, and you know that's a point of no return yeah because once you reject the holy spirit where do you go from there there is no other sin there is no there is no other no other thing that can testify about who uh who um christ is and who god is as a matter of fact i have a friend who um who I forget what the drug was. He took this, he took this crazy, crazy drug. And, and it was crazy because um, he said in this trip that he had, he was able to understand, um, you know, uh, uh, there, there was, there was something higher than him, some spiritual thing and, and stuff like that. So he was in this type of psychedelic and it was interesting having this conversation with him because, you know, you can, people can do anything and everything that this world has to offer to try to understand what's out there. But the fact of the matter is the only one who can truly tell us the truth about what's actually out there and who God really is, is the Holy Spirit himself. Yeah. I mean, I, that it, for, for, when I, when I read that and I under, and I saw that I was like, man, Pharisees, you, you really, you really, uh, uh, dug yourself a, 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 hole a big one, a uh, big uh, one. I mean, there's every, every sin is paid for on the cross. Okay, but if you're rejecting what Christ yeah. is doing, you're rejecting where he was going. Yeah. He was going to the cross to pay for our sins so that God can put them behind him and never look at it again. So when you reject what the Spirit was doing through the Son, oh man. Okay, you know, where do you go from there? You're done. Right. And that's why it's unforgivable, right? I mean, you can't come back from that. That's why the gospel and Jesus is the only way. Because if he's not the way, what else is there? Right. Except that your sins are upon you. Right. I mean, you know, that's 
What, That's why it's unforgivable. One more thing I had too was um, blasphemy. Okay, blasphemy just means slander. It means diminishing the worth or value of something. Harmful speech to another good's name. Mm-hmm. So another interesting point uh, when I was studying this and I was re- really, really reading this, uh, the Pharisees were not only blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, but they were also causing others to stumble. I mean, you had these people in the crowd that were astounded and saying, can this man really be the son of David? They're getting it, yeah. And they're understanding yeah, it. They're and you have it. these Pharisees who are supposed to know the law, contributing what Jesus was doing and being a stumbling block to them. Yeah, well, that's... A perfect example is this. You ever had someone who slander uh, someone's name and say, oh yeah, that guy, don't talk to him. He's kind of like really weird. And the next time you go up to that guy and you go to talk to him, what is the first thing that's going to come to your mind? And what are you going to attribute what, what that person told you about that, yeah. that other person? So it's the same thing with this, when they were slandering the Holy Spirit and what Jesus was doing this by. Any of these people that came across Jesus, what do you think was in the back of their mind? They're putting a stumbling block in front of these people who... Jesus is is reaching or yeah. trying to reach. Yeah. That's what makes this so dangerous and so, you know, weighty, the sin uh, that they were committing. And, you know, I definitely want to get into that whole thing uh, with you as far as, um, you know, the, uh, the the ignorance part. It's, it's not an ignorance, you know. It's rejection. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing it. to be ignorant, but they're outright rejecting it and then casting stones. And one more, uh, one more thing too in John, because I know you wanted to jump to to John, but really John fourteen, uh, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to Ooh, his disciples. You're getting warm. That's where I want to go. And so, um, can I just read that real quick? No, what go he right says? ahead. Man. Okay, read so on, brother. John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, mm-hmm. and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper <laughs> to be with you forever. Oh yeah. Okay. Let me just stop there. They're blaspheming something that's supposed to be with us forever. They're like, again, they're taking that completely out Mm -hmm. and removing that, that piece there. Okay. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. I mean, the Holy Spirit was with Christ and he was dwelling with them and Jesus telling them at some point, He'll be dwelling in you. Verse 18 is what I love that Jesus says. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Mm-hmm. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is. it is who loves me. And who loves me will love will be loved by my father That's and I awesome. will love him and manifest myself to him. That is why it is important. Jesus says himself, I will not leave you as orphans. And orphans really, it, the the meaning of orphans is really without a helper, without a teacher. I mean, because these these disciples were walking with, the, with, with Jesus and who was their teacher? Who was their guide? Christ. And so if, if there, if, Christ is telling me that I have to go, I must die and I must go. What do you think is in their minds? Are you going to leave us alone? Beyond that, it's not just Christ. It's God himself. Right. It's the spirit of God in man. Right. I mean, God and himself. And so like to, to, to these disciples, it's like, whoa, whoa, no, 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 stay here. St- stay here with us. And Jesus is like, no, if I don't go, if I don't go back to my father, then the, the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit cannot come. Yeah, now you're swerving into okay. where I wanted okay. into this podcast because it really transitions from what Jesus did, 
the way that he does it and how right. it's really not too different from the way that we're doing it as well, too. Right. He is, as I always say, the example to follow. John chapter 8, verse 38 says, and this is Jesus speaking, I speak the things which I have seen with my Father, therefore I you excuse me, therefore you also do the things which you heard from your father. Now he's accusing them of doing what their father does, which is the devil, but he's saying, I do the things that I see from my father. Mm. Okay, that the things that he sees, they're coming right from God. That that you can't not get away from that, that when he speaks, he's speaking on behalf of the God of God, the Father, through the Holy Spirit. Now let's go to John 16. I'm going to read 1 through 15, and we can kind of finish it off there, but this is going to lay the groundwork down for us. This is going to give us a perspective that really is applicable to our own lives and how this, right. these accusations and, and these, these um, um, challenge of authority right. that, the, that they put up against Jesus by calling him the devil and saying that your message is false. It's coming from the wrong place. Don't believe this guy. This is what we go through. Yeah. This is exactly what we go through. So, uh, John 16, chapter 16, verse 1, and I'm going to read all the way to 15, okay? These things I have spoken to you so that, that you may be kept from stumbling. They will put you out of the synagogue. Put an hour. Now, this is up, and let me put a little context before I continue. This is where Jesus is the night before he's going to the cross. He's in the upper room, and he's talking to these disciples, and he's warning them. And he's saying, they will put you out of the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who killed you to think that he is offering a service to God. These things they will do because they do not know the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes, you may the hour comes, you may remember I told you of them. These things I do not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now, verse 5, I am going to him who sent me, the Father, of course, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, your sorrow is filling your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate, that's the there Holy Spirit, okay, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they did not do not believe in me and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak from himself, okay? But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose it to you. What is to come? He will glorify me, for he will take of mine, and I will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine, and I will disclose it to you. So this is Jesus saying, it's a good thing that I am going. Yeah. Because you're going to need that advocate. You're going to need that Holy Spirit. The same power that caused Jesus to go about his ministry and bring the kingdom and do the healing and do everything that he did, okay, to bring the message of salvation, okay? That, 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 that ministry that was taking him to the cross, that thing that empowered him right, and right. pushed him and, and, and drove him to that cross, that spirit 
is going to be ours. Mm. He's promising it to us. Some of the things he says, we're not going to understand right now because you're not ready for it. Okay, we know that later on in the book of Acts, Pentecost comes and they actually get filled with the Holy Spirit and then their eyes are open. But there's still a lot of things that they're ignorant about here. But the promise is that the same power that empowered the living Christ in his ministry is the same power that we have to share truth. It's the same spirit that speaks to us for those who are believers. If you've uh, accepted Christ as your savior and you've got the spirit of God dwelling in and through you, guess what? This is who he's talking about. Those things that he wants you to know, guess what? That advocate is going to reveal those things to you. When you're looking for that right right word to say to that person, guess what? The Lord is going to give you that. Yeah. Okay. But like you said before, you've got to be in the word because that's where the spirit speaks to you. Yeah. Okay. The 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 God does not speak outside of scripture. He has spoken Amen. from beginning to the end of this book. I mean, he has sealed it. This is where he has said everything that needed to be said has been said. And this is where you go to hear it. And mm. the spirit of God opens those scriptures up to you so that you can understand them, so that you can share them, so that you can you can you know, understand that truth. I mean, it's like Paul says, we have the mind of God when we have the Spirit of God in us. Yeah. Okay? And and what's impactful to me about that is, is that, how is that any different than Christ? It's the same power that compelled him. Yep. We have that same Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. Okay, post the cross, of course, now we've got forgiveness. He's paid that price. Now sin is not an obstacle anymore. There is nothing between God and us. We have an advocate, not only in the spirit that guides us, okay, and and discloses God's truth to us, but we have an advocate before the throne of God that pleads our case because he's paid that price. Amen. This is an amazing Amazing, and and there's there's more to this. Right. Oh, this right. is just a piece. But I mean, when when he goes to the cross and he leaves his followers behind, here he's directing it to his disciples. But that's us. This is our promise. This is what God leaves us with. This is what Jesus left us with when he went to heaven. You're not going to see me anymore, but guess what? It's a good thing that I'm not going to be here because what you need to do, you're going to need the Spirit for this. Yep. The same way he did. Right. The same way he right, did. Right. Isn't that amazing? It's it's be- it's 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 beautiful. I mean, well said. Like really, really, it is the fact that Christ even had the spirit, he wasn't operating without it. Like he was operating with the Holy Spirit. And the fact that he was able to submit to God in his obedience, this is what the Spirit helps us do. And so it's 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 interesting because um first uh, Peter, I was reading this the other day, first Peter uh two, um just the first verse here. So put away all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and even all slandered like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Verse three here, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Yeah. And honestly, this is the same. It, this echoes the the same in Hebrews uh, chapter six. I mean, this this here is... It's very interesting because um, I'll just read it. Uh, Hebrews 6, I'm going to start at verse 4. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. Um, 
so here, like I know a lot of people can, this is, this is obviously a very, uh, it has an interpretive challenge to it as far as people thinking that you can lose your salvation. And that's not true. And that's another podcast. Um, it, really just know it's impossible. It's impossible. It's, 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 it's purely impo- impossible. You're either saved or you're not saved. And so, Ooh, that is another podcast. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here, I mean, you have people that can, like I talked about before, you have people that can understand maybe intellectually, right, uh, of who the what the gospel is, who Christ is, and all that stuff. But if this intellectualness of you know you um, your understanding understanding is not bringing you to faith and trust and repentance and bearing about fruit in your life then it means nothing yeah and the only way that you can be brought about that is by having that holy spirit that convicts us and that moves us and that really sanctifies us yeah um in god's word to produce that fruit in in our lives yeah and so i mean someone how does that look like today dad i mean like what does that look like today alex it's really uh it's really someone who has heard it who has seen it who 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 knows the gospel and knows all the truths and rejects that and moves away not out of ignorance but out of knowledge of what this is about and completely just turns away yeah it's actually worse you're better off being ignorant yes than knowing the truth amen and then abandoning it it's worse it's worse. I mean, uh, in the Gospels, it talks about that. I mean, that's like, you know, it's like a demon leaves, leaves a, a home, you know, a soul, right? And, and is cast out, but then it comes back with seven more demons because not, nothing has filled that place, okay? And I'm, uh, this scripture reference escapes me, but it really is worse. I mean, you, you can't be, you can't cleanse your life using God in the scripture without a sincere faith, a sincere sincere transformation with the Holy Spirit and empty yourself out and leave it barren because whatever filled you before, okay, that filled your life with sin is going to be worse, seven times worse. That void has got to be filled with something. It's got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and the key here is that if you can accept Christ as your Savior, you've got to render control to Him. Yeah. As Jesus laid out here, I mean, the Spirit is there for that, to disclose things to you, to guide you. You said it yourself. I mean, it's earlier in in chapter 14. He's not going to leave you as an orphan. He doesn't abandon you. No, no. Okay, the Spirit is there exactly for that, to guide you, but you got to hold on to Him. You can intellectualize it and reason it, but, you know, at some point— it's an emotional bond that you got to make. I mean, I need my Savior every day. I pick up my Bible. I need to read and hear from Him every Amen. day. It's my time for Him to speak to me yeah. because God knows that this world is speaking a lot of stuff to me. It's bombarding me with a lot of information, a lot of voices, a lot of conversations. I'm only interested in this one yeah, because it's the one that's going to center me. It's the one that's going to keep that 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 void filled. It's where the Spirit in me is... is, is you know, basically, it wants to do what it needs to do in my life, right, and I'm going to let it. Right. And right, I'm going right. to let it. And I hope I'm coming across. But yeah, it's, it's, a, you, there's got to be an emotional commitment, not just an intellectual one. You can't rationalize the gospel and say, you know what? That makes sense. Let me accept it. Because how deep is that going to go into your heart? It's got to be something that you've got to be broken. It's something that God has got to, you know, come into your life and, and repair all those things that you couldn't repair on your own. And then that's when you're going to see, you know what, this this salvation thing works. This, in, 
dwelling of the Holy Spirit is doing something because under its power, I'm doing things and accomplishing things I could never have done before yeah. in my life. Yep. Okay? And and I like to quote John MacArthur when he talks about um, um, how do you judge whether a person has the Holy Spirit and whether they're saved and whether it's genuine or not. And like you said, this is another podcast, but we're not perfect, but there's got to be some kind of direction. He says, you don't Amen. look for perfection, John MacArthur says. You look for direction, and that's all we can expect. And when you got something like this, where the Holy Spirit is promised to us, it's something that we can tap into every day. Come on. Yeah. What can you do with your life if you let the Spirit guide you? If you look to this book every day and say, okay, what, what is it that, 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 that I need to hear today? Right. And open yourself up to that. You open yourself up to a whole bunch of other things in the world yeah. that are not, you know, holy. And you make a good point. I mean, you, you really got to understand, like, being, being a, a Christ follower, being a Christian doesn't exempt us from, from not being able to sin. What, what, what it does is it, it really, we have the advocate that when we do sin, our contrite heart comes in. The Spirit of God really convicts us and makes us repent because of the fact that we love God. And above all things, we want to be obedient to him. Above all things, we want to serve him. Above all things, we want to um, acknowledge him and glorify him. So someone who is kind of like, listens to this, hears it, understands it maybe intellectually, has heard the gospel, and then continues to reject it, they're choosing not to be forgiven. And, and God is not going to impose himself on you yeah. to 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 receive this forgiveness. I mean, you it, it, it honestly it's it's very hard because we still have a responsibility and there's still a response required from us in order for us to even accept what's happening. It's God that does all the work and it's the Holy Spirit You're that changes You're talking about salvation. Us. Salvation right. is a work of God. It is. It's a, it's a it's a complete work of God. It's a complete work of the Holy Spirit, but at the same time at the end, we still have a responsibility on how we react to that. And again, only God can really change that. Bottom line is, Christian, okay, you got to fall in love with the Savior. Yeah. When you engage a scripture and, you, and, and it speaks of him, I mean, it's, it's, it's a presentation of, of someone who love motivated him to do what he had to do. And, and if you accept that, man, how can you not love him? Amen. Yeah. How can you not love what God was doing through his son? Yeah, it's an emotional thing, man. You've got to love the Savior, and I do. Yeah. And, and there are things in my times in my life when sin wants to overtake me, and you know what? The flesh would love to indulge in that. And the only thing that holds me back is not my wife, not my kids, not my life. It's knowing that He sees all things, and it is His heart that I will break when I disobey. Yeah. You know, my pastor... Um, told me something years ago, and it just resonates throughout my life. You know, we're not always going to be happy, but we're not called to be happy. We're called to be obedient. Amen. And that's like Paul says, that's running the race and looking, you know, it's the long-term goal. that we're not, we're not living for this world. We're living for the kingdom that's to yeah. come. So we've got to suffer some some uncomfortable things that happen in our life, some pain, some sorrow. I mean, just where we were reading alone, you know, he has overcome the world. He says sorrow will be turned to joy. I mean, it's all there in John. You keep on reading in 16. He tells his disciples, this is not going to get cool. This is not going to get easy for you. It's going to get hard. But remember, I've overcome all this. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because that advocate is there. Yeah. 
So this is a great place to just leave it there. But I hope that this has been a value to you because, I mean, when they spoke against Christ and basically called God a name, called him the devil and and made these uh, accusations and questions Jesus authority I mean that was blatant rejection I hope that you if you're listening that you're not doing that I hope that your heart is open to the savior and you're willing to just open it up just a crack and let him come in and illuminate this word for you and it starts just like we always talk about you've got to basically hold up this scripture and hold it up high it's got to be in a very high place in your life. It's got to be the most important thing that you that 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 you have in your life. Yeah. You have to have a high view of the scriptures. It go back to those three principles that we established. And you've got to read the word. And then when you start sharing it, your life you'll be transformed and you'll be helping God to transform other lives as well too. Amen. So this has been a great subject, and I'm looking forward to our next uh, podcast episode as well, too. So let me just say thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, Christian. You guys. Thank you, Alex. And it's been awesome, and we look forward to seeing you guys tune in for the next episode. I promise that it will be exciting. Yeah. Okay, so take care, guys. We love God you guys. bless. God we bless love you. you, and take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that we have been an encouragement to you. This episode has been made possible by listeners like you. Please consider partnering with us through your prayers and gifts. Your support enables us to provide sound biblical teaching that helps others open up their understanding of the scriptures across the globe. To support the show financially, click the Donate Now link in the episode notes, or you can visit our podcast website at relentlesslybiblical.org and use a donate link in the podcast player or the Support This Show button that's on our homepage. Thank you for your gracious support. Join us again for our next episode, and remember to always be in God's Word and stay relentlessly biblical. This episode has been a production of Core Truth Media, owned and operated by Core Truth Ministries. This podcast was recorded and engineered at Prevail Studios.